0: welcome to make that paper the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams i memorized it
1: good for you and
0: so you can buy the full
1: set of mcdonald's quarter pounder ingredient scented candles I like the ketchup. That's gross.
0: Today, we are talking about that gap trap and the restaurant flaunt. Or how about being a data entry sentry? We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Beaver. And in this episode, we are joined by an alumnus of the Second City in Chicago, who did us all a great favor when he brought his immeasurable talents to Hollywood so he could share them with the world.
1: Since then, he has graced your screen in the television phenomenon, WandaVision, the heartbreakingly hilarious, a series of unfortunate events and the comedic monolith that is Curb Your Enthusiasm, just, you know, to name a few.
0: We are so fortunate to know him and to welcome him to the show. Please clap loudly, louder, wherever you are listening, for the incredibly talented and funny Ithamar Enriquez. Yay!
2: Thank you, I love that intro. Uh, You would think that I wrote it myself. It was so complimentary.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, that was that was our goal is, is, you know, to take the bio you sent us and make you question whether it's good enough.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say the bio I sent was seven pages, guys. How was it just a few lines, a lot of
1: trimming uh, going yeah. on. a lot of editors,
0: but I, I honestly, you know, did not know what this was. I am just is gonna... a podcast. I didn't know that. Um, I just want to say something really
1: Glad you memorized the first line though.
0: I'm glad you're really good at editing. I really just I have to tell you something really <laughs> quick. We'll see. I that. worked at the Beverly Center and I, I used to work at the makeup counters. Um and I would go to different stores. I was like a um a, like an event specialist type person. But um we had a gap right next to us. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, one of the makeup women I worked with was married to uh, the drummer of, I don't know, some big band. I can't remember who it is right now. Let's call it Aerosmith. Aerosmith. It was, probably, <laughs> It was. I don't know. I'll look it up. But um, the, the Gap was right there, and her husband worked at The Gap, and he hired all his actor friends. And I have to tell you, they're all big-time actors now. I couldn't name any of their names r- right off the top of my head. But it was... Let's say Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> <I mean,
2: laughs> they were the members of Aerosmith. <laughs> no,
0: they, but they were seriously all—all all within ten years on HBO shows, and I was like, "What? The wow!" Fuck? And they're all Gap employees, and you worked at the Gap.
2: I sure did in yeah. Chicago. It was in Chicago, but still, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the connection Say, there is.
1: Wrong Gap, buddy.
2: <laughs> it could have come. It could have come so much sooner if I worked at the Gap at the Beverly Center.
0: <laughs> I, just, I just think it's so strange i watched that snl sketch growing up with um sandler and all the guys doing the gap and like only to like work next to a gap and like all the people and it became famous it was just really blew my mind and then you have gap on here and i just it's weird for me that dudes are working at the gap in the oh, first well, place I'll,
2: I'll tell you exactly why i worked the gap uh, so i moved to chicago i moved to chicago right after college and i was in lincoln park and basically, I was like, I need to find a job. And <laughs> back then, you kind of just walked around and saw who had signs in the window. And two blocks away from the apartment where I was living was a gap. And I was like, sure, why not? Like, yeah. I was just like, I, why not? Like, I had no, it was literally just looking for signs that said, you know, hiring today or whatever. Because you were lurking on Craigslist yet. Right, Craigslist was, was not, a- it, exactly. it wasn't a really a thing. Yeah. so. Um, so I remember I walk in, I apply and then they call me in for an interview and the manager was really nice. And again, this is kind of like my first foray into like, I'm looking for a job for myself. So she asked me, why do you want to work at the gap? And literally (laughs) I said, well, no, I said, well, you know, I live two blocks away. And that I said that, and then right away she was like don't answer, don't say that in your next interview. I was like, got it, <laughs> like, got okay. it. So I knew I was getting a second interview, but then she was like, do not mention that the only reason you're here is because it's two blocks away. Like, Excellent. we want to hear, I'm a people person, I love clothes or whatever, which was not the case for me. But, um, but yeah, you so that's I, I did learn. So that's, and then from there, which I'm sure we'll get into later, like eventually moving on to Gap Kids and Baby Gap, because then I just,
1: I drank the Kool-Aid and I was just hooked. That was it. Yeah, well, once you go down the gap hole. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, so so let's go backwards for one second. You graduated college, but you didn't go to college in Illinois.
2: No, I went to Arizona State. I grew up in Texas, uh, went to school in Arizona, and then right after college, moved to Chicago to pursue my improv dreams.
0: Improv dreams. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. interesting because um, did you you have a theater degree? Like, what did you study in college?
2: (laughs) So I studied music theater. Great. And yes. I thought that, that I, I thought that I was gonna like, go to Broadway afterwards.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. it's so easy, right? So <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll just so I'll go to Broadway. Um And then I, there was a group on campus at ASU. Um, It was an improv group called uh, Bear in Mind. B-A-R-R-E-N, Mind. Ah, Bear in Mind. I get Um it. Yep. And they were doing short form improv. And at that point, I had been a fan of the original the british whose line is it anyway and i remember watching in high school and just being like what is this i don't understand what this is it's not stand-up they're basically making up sketches like it's like snl but they're making it up and that's amazing and i had already been a comedy fan at that point and knew that i was funny and blah blah, blah. so then when i saw them on campus i auditioned Got in on my second audition the following year, and then did once you I tell started... you live close, <laughs> yeah, on campus. I'm like, I'm just across why do you the... want to be a part <laughs> of this troupe? <laughs> right.
1: Uh,
2: and then once I did that, my focus completely shifted. I was like, I just want to do this now. Like,
1: yeah, Got I'll it.
2: stay here and do music theater because that's what I chose. But and there's no degree in improv, uh, so I'm just gonna. It was a weekly show, so. That was really fun. I, I I found the people that are a lot of them are still friends of mine today and found the people who like spoke by language when it came to like comedy and interests and nerding out about all things comedy. So then once I got, once I started doing improv in Arizona, I looked into like, well, where is improv? What does improv lead to? That led me to second city in Chicago. One of the touring companies came to Phoenix. I mm. saw them perform and then I was like, this is a job? Like <laughs> you can also do this for a living? Later to find out it's not a complete living, but again, we'll yeah. get to that later. Yeah. Um so then so then yeah, that led me to just moving to Chicago after I was, well, then this is what I, I have to do. So
0: that's, that's great. why
2: that's why I did it. Did so, you go?
0: Did you go alone or did the troop go or anybody else found? The troop too? went.
2: Well, we uh, we went the first chicago improv festival happened i think i was a junior in college so as a troop we went to chicago for like oh you know a weekend and we fell in love with the city so that helped yeah. um a couple of people from bear in mind eventually made it to uh chicago but at the time that i went i went there by myself not knowing anyone i was just a guy from the southwest now thrown into the winters of uh the midwest and not knowing a single soul, so yeah, it was um, it was challenging, but it all it all worked out, I think. So,
0: speaking of working out, so you show up, you show up in Lincoln Park, which is pretty nice. Is that?
2: Yeah, it, I, uh, a friend of mine who I worked with at the music library in at Arizona State just so happened to know someone in Chicago who was looking for a roommate at the time. It was very very reasonable at the time. It was four hundred bucks a month. I was in Amazing. Lincoln Amazing. Park, washer and dryer in the apartment. Like it oh was like God. the. I know it's crazy. It's insane to think about it now.
0: So you're like, uh, do I actually need this job? <laughs> I just coast on yeah. something.
2: The sad part is, I definitely still need it's the still job. Oh job. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So was your first stop? Was your first stop going to going down to Second City, or was your first yeah. stop going to the you know hitting the streets and finding a job?
2: Um, let me. Oh, so I guess, I'm sorry, I should backtrack a little bit. Before I moved to Chicago, I did, I spent a summer there in between my junior and senior year, because when we went to the first improv festival, I asked if Second City was doing any internships during the summer, and uh, the person who was organizing the festival was like, we don't have any internships directly tied to the improv festival, but Second City always does internships at the training center you have to fly up here and find somewhere to live but we'll have so i lived in chicago for the summer before while i was there that summer i took one class auditioned for the conservatory and then they said you made it to the conservatory i told them i still have one more year of college left they said we'll hold your spot so that gave me the the initiative to go back knowing okay i'm i know that if i go back to chicago I have a spot in their conservatory. So that's why I I ended up going back. So when I landed in Chicago, I knew that I was gonna start classes and then therefore look for a job.
0: And I'm just gonna say this because things are different now um, amongst, uh, you know, Groundlings and Second City and UCB. uh, Back in the day, not that we're all that old, but back in the day when you had to audition to get into the conservatory or audition to get into Groundlings, it was a big deal. Like a lot of people didn't make it. You had to audition multiple, multiple times. It wasn't a corporate thing where they were trying to bring in students that it was, it was a big, it was a big fucking deal. It was, they're very selective and there weren't yeah. as many classes. right? When I, when I did right. like groundlings audition, I, I was like the only one in my group that made it and it it like felt shitty. But at the same time, I was like, oh
2: yeah, you know, and there's was- also something about the word conservatory that, like, I remember yes. going back. I remember going back to Phoenix and being like, "Guys, I made to the second city conservatory."
0: conservatory. And- <laughs> I'm in the conservatory. Which is, you yeah. know,
2: it's, it's, one, it's one class a week, but when you say it like that, you're like, "Oh my yeah. god!" it's Like, is it twenty four seven like comedy in this right. campus? It's like, no, but still, it's the conservatory.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you, I just finished grad school and I got. I I applied for a fellowship and I earned the fellowship and everyone was like, oh my God, it's the same thing as a conservatory. And I was like, I'm just teaching a class (laughs) one day and it's a week long thing. And everyone's like, when's your fellowship over? Is it good for a year? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah it's it's intense like i just eventually just started playing it up because i was like sure yes you tell them there's a t-shirt at the end of it there's a t-shirt at the end of it (laughs) with the old second city logo yeah Yeah. i got extra new twitter followers from that (laughs) stuff yeah it's it's a weird you know when you attach language to something it's always like if you don't know it's it's very prestigious right it's like oh my god Mm -hmm. What I love is that,
1: uh, is that you went and you interviewed at the Second City and they wanted you you and you made live. them
0: hold your spot but, for a year.
1: Because you didn't live close enough. Because
0: <laughs> you didn't live close enough. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> Everything is about how close I lived.
2: to
0: <laughs> Did you ever think to ask, could I do this virtually? No, because no. you'd have to do the computer lab. And they're like, we don't even have a computer. It's yeah. all on
2: receipt. Like, what's virtually? Yeah. It doesn't what's exist. Virtual. What's uh, virtually? It's more, This is the 60s. I'm very, <laughs> I, look, I look very good for my age.
1: You look amazing <laughs> for your age.
0: And for the amount of
1: LSD I know you've done, I'm very. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can I sidetrack on that for one second? I was picking up our son from uh, elementary school. He's in first grade yesterday, and one of the moms said to me, "Oh, my son said he wants to build a time machine so we can go back to the '60s and see the dinosaurs." <laughs> so, Ithamar, have you seen the dinosaurs? Yeah. Just I
2: kiss. did. I grew, up, I grew up with dinosaurs. Uh, my car had—you had to run it with your feet. We had a pterodactyl blender. Oh my god! Yeah. I yeah. love mm-hmm.
0: that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was healthier. Hey, real quick, yeah. the,
1: the class you taught, it was at Arizona's
0: Arizona State University, Virginia Look G. At Piper, that. yeah, Desert Knights program. Their their um, writing master's writing program. So we all yeah. are a little there. Little They're great, actually. I mean, I think they're yeah. wonderful. It's a wonderful school. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good people.
1: Now you taught yours virtually, so tomorrow would virtually. not have known how to attend. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah I can teach virtually.
2: I'm assuming that we're all in the same room right now. Is that we how are. it's working? Okay, <laughs> and got I want it. to
1: thank you for coming thank over. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's great. <laughs> Eventually, it's not going to be on a computer screen. It will be holograms. We can just. Oh. <laughs> hey, how are you
2: doing? That's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. a little
1: pop-in <laughs> hologram.
0: I had to talk with Elon Musk. Is that how you say his name, Elon? I
1: think it's <laughs> Elon. Elon Musk. But it is how you say his name. Yes.
0: I just want to sound prestigious when I say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You know, my dad's name is Alan, and he uh, used to travel internationally a lot. And he had a number of international friends who would call him "Hello." <laughs> Answer the phone.
0: Is Alan there?
1: I'm like, Listen, No.
0: <laughs> I I could get away with saying things weird because I'm from Detroit. We have a weird accent. We say things weird. It's not Sepulveda. It was Sepulveda for the longest time. And if you ask anyone from Michigan, they will all say, oh, yeah, that was Sepulveda. Everyone, you know, all the Michigan people, too. It's Sepulveda, not Sepulveda. I don't know how they know about (laughs) Sepulveda.
2: Isn't soap like a makeup brand or like a makeup store? <laughs> <laughs> like a
0: you would know you worked at Gap. Let's keep going. <laughs> were they next door? Was you a Gap at all or were you like a freestanding You were Gap. freestanding, right, in Lincoln Park? Uh,
2: it was freestanding. It yeah. was, um, yeah, it was on Halstead in Lincoln Park, for those of you listening from Chicago. And um, it was a hybrid. It was a Gap, Gap Kids.
1: Ah. That's, oh,
0: that's how you ended up drinking the Kool-Aid. That's how, yeah,
2: yeah. And then eventually... But again, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. The baby gap also comes in later once I get hired for the touring company. But before that, I was uh, working a lot at the Gap and Gap Kids.
0: So you were taking one class in the conservatory, mm-hmm. which I assume... At a time. At, at a time. And at the mm-hmm. end, you would have performances. So you couldn't like audition to tour at this point.
2: No, I think I maybe did one. I think I, I auditioned once for the touring company, which... Was not a mistake. I'm glad I did it because at least I knew what it was, but it was definitely too early. Like I was not ready. Um, I worked at the gap for a year, um, was tired of it, wanted to change, which then led me to the Kaplan data entry. And then from there, I was the touring company.
1: Excuse us for a minute. Our sponsors have something they'd like to say to you.
0: See, that wasn't too bad, was it? Now let's get back to the show.
1: You, you left GAP, you went to Kaplan, which is the SAT prep yep. class, and, and you were doing data entry. So you weren't like teaching you kids. Teaching. You were
2: No, no, no. It was all. And that one was, that one came from a group of friends. Um, I was in a theater company in Chicago that used to be called Barrel of Monkeys, and now it's called Playmakers. And the whole thing is that we would teach writing workshops to children in elementary schools. And then at the end of the six week course, we would take some of those kids stories and perform them as the characters with costumes. And everything. So like oh, kids would see their original awesome. stories performed, which I think there's like other groups like that out here and in Chicago. Um, but uh, a lot of those people worked at Kaplan because it was like the easiest job. You got benefits. You got your weekends off. It was a steady schedule. And it was like very easy. It was one of those things where it's like, I'm supposed to work nine to five, but I'm done at like 10.30, yep. <laughs> like that type yep. of like Love thing. that job. Um, Were you auditioning
0: that... for commercials or anything at this time? No,
2: no, okay. at that point it was still mostly theater. I was mostly still with uh, Barrel of Monkeys and then um, doing conservatory. And I think I got on, I got on a long form team through a, a theater called The Playground uh, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about them is they used to have these, because in Chicago, it was very, like, segregated as far as the school. It's like, if you perform at I.O., it's because you took classes at I.O. Same thing with Second City, same thing with Annoyance. And with the playground, they would hold these auditions called, um, I think they was called incubator auditions. And it was basically like, everyone come and audition, and we'll put you in teams. So I was put on a team um, at the playground, and we had, like, monthly shows. And that was really good because I was able to put in my performing miles there. Um, so yeah, so that was that was the extent of what I was doing. I, although my one of my first gigs, acting gigs in Chicago, before all that happened, was this thing called The Haunted L, which was, oh, no. uh, yeah, it was a tour of down, the downtown loop of Chicago, some of the haunted places. But it was a show on the subway right. thing. Um, no it wasn't
1: dinner a it wasn't
2: like a, it wasn't like a dinner theater. so but this <laughs> is the part that's really funny is um it was very confusing for people uh, as to know uh that that cart was a performance. like people would buy tickets and they would sit in that cart for the show. but some people would just get on that <laughs> cart thinking they're gonna get to the next stop. And the show would loop around the loop four times with no stops. Oh so no. you get so you get people sit down, they're already grumpy because they're probably on their way somewhere, and then all of a sudden I turn around with my like like engineers kind of like welcome <laughs> to Chicago. And they would like look at me and then like look around and notice that we're not stopping. They get so mad, like, what the fuck? Like, what is what? Like, and that's like sit there. For like forty five minutes oh until God. it stopped again, while these actors, these annoying enthusiastic actors are in your face singing about the history of haunted Chicago
0: the ever it
2: was amazing. And it because it was through the city, it paid so well. And I thought, oh, this Chicago acting thing is so easy. And of course, I didn't have another job for like however many years. but um I was very it was it was a really fun introduction to uh,
1: to Chicago theater. yeah. I've yeah. never, I have never heard of that, and I am proud. I'm not from Chicago, but I am proud of the city of Chicago for, for getting on board with something like that. Pun not intended. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, and, and they can do it because again, L is a raised train. Like you couldn't do that in New York and be like, we're underground. We're and, really and mass trapped. murder happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah. Let's see yeah. if we
0: see something. Um, yeah. And by
2: the way, it wasn't like a super cool haunted. It was for families, so it wasn't like. Oh, it yeah. wasn't like murder mystery it was like family friendly so it, it yeah. if for someone who's just trying to get to from point a to b and mm-hmm. miss the, the wrong car it could be a very annoying
1: experience someone who has, who's like sees their stop go by four times
2: in a <laughs> row yes while this guy's singing in their ear about <laughs> chicago
0: that's amazing oh my god how long did you do that did the program it was just for happened? it
2: was just for like the halloween of that year so it was just Got like it. i don't know, like a month a month in october good oh, gig man
1: that's a cool gig.
0: If yeah. I was in so the city, I'd make that year long. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Were you doing that same time as the gap? So you'd like punch you yes. out at the gap and then head up, up to the L and put on your yep. top hat. That's and right. I mean, <laughs> yep.
0: But let's talk about the gap for again for one second because I'm obsessed a little bit. Of course. At, of course. of course. Abercrombie. And we
1: are going to have to talk about employee discounts.
0: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting to right now. I worked at Abercrombie, but only over Christmas breaks at from college. And um because they would, you know, those places I don't know if you're gap did, but in Michigan, they would hire extra staff for Christmas. Yeah. So I always had a I got it and I did it because it was like 40% off your first three items because they wanted you to wear their clothes while you worked. Did you have a really good wardrobe?
2: Uh, no, but I'll, I'll explain <laughs> I'll explain why. So <laughs> we we used to get a 50% discount. But again, I was still like, I was so poor. I was so like, poor. dirt yeah. poor when I moved out to Chicago, and I couldn't even afford to have like a new out. And they would be like, "Guys, you got to keep you, you got to keep up with the with the latest. We we need whatever you're wearing. Our customers used to see in the store. Blah 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 blah." So, uh, at the time, we had a stock. A, the guy who ran the stock room, his name was Tom, and really cool guy who'd been there for years. Like he'd been there for so long. And was kind of like with the stock group, he wasn't a manager, but he also wasn't necessarily, no one really managed him. So he kind of had the best gig because like he didn't have to deal with anyone. Mm -hmm. He was downstairs, just folding stuff, listening to Stern. He loved Howard Stern. (laughs) Like he loved Howard Stern. Um, But I remember one time he was like, listen, like kind of like the old like grizzled vet. He's like, this is so easy. Buy yourself a pair of jeans and a black t-shirt and you're always going to be in style with what we have in the store, because we're always selling black T-shirts and we're always selling whatever Gap jean. And I was like, that mm. is brilliant. So I was able to uh skate by on just wearing the black T-shirt and 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 uh, you had geez. free laundry
1: in your apartment, so you were set Yeah, dead. that's like
2: a wash as many times like that. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had like I did like the like the bare 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 minimum at yeah. the Gap. Like it was like I was not invested at all. And thankfully, a lot of people who worked there were really cool, so it became. It wasn't a terrible job as far as who i was working with it became a terrible job of who i was working for as far as the public but um as far as like us yeah yeah you
1: you (laughs) you too specific
2: no no no. no, no. but um so yes i didn't have an amazing wardrobe it was just black t-shirt and jeans
0: i I did that well i didn't do quite the same Um, but, uh, she, the store manager at the Abercrombie that I went to, she was like, come in the back and I'll show you like the discounted stuff. Like the miss Mart, like clearance, clearance, like doesn't fit anybody weird stuff. So I did the same thing. I I was able to just get a basic sweatshirt, a basic pair of jeans, you know, and
1: just your basic Abercrombie bit.
0: I sort of feel like they took it out of the paycheck, like my first paycheck or something. I don't remember, but, or maybe I just charged it, you know? My five hundred dollar limit college credit card. Like, mm-hmm. I'll never pay this. Let's charge yeah. it
2: just to get. And a- when do you, um, when do you tell us that that's how you met Jason? Because he was one of the bare-chested models who stood was. in the front. In the front,
0: spraying <laughs> that disgusting spraying the thing. Uh-huh. And
2: it's that's funny. when.
0: A boyfriend did get me the job because he oh, was, yeah, he worked, at, he worked at Abercrombie. I think he probably still does work at that Abercrombie, but he was like, I can get you a job at Abercrombie over the holidays. It was funny when I broke up with him and I kept showing up for holiday work. <laughs> Very uncomfortable.
1: I do remember that time I shaved my chest and realized that I could never be an Abercrombie model. For a number of reasons that all became evident all at the same time.
0: You're very much coming into your own hair now.
1: Yes, yes, I, I, mm-hmm. I definitely embraced it, and yep. uh, I put the Nair bottle away. By the way, <laughs> for those listening at home, if you do decide to Nair your chest, keep it away from your nipples and areolas.
0: I don't know if they even are allowed to sell Nair anymore. I'm sure they are, but that stuff is vile. Yeah. But it's speaking emerging. of... Not speaking of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what segue are you trying to make? Speaking I... speaking, speaking of nipples, Ithamar, when you were at the Gap. Um... <laughs> no, no I, did, I did want to ask you something about yeah. that, about the public who made uh-huh. your job yeah, now. That... The part that
2: made it hard was it was in Lincoln Park, which is um, a little bit more of an affluent neighborhood and community yeah. as far as the families are concerned. So... Every once in a while, we'd get the um, the parents who were um, kind of bossy and just very entitled, and would all of a sudden just walk in and want you to be like their private shopper. You it's know, the fucking to gap. follow them, around, I know. But then the part that was real sad is um, having them having some of the moms come in with their nannies and the child. And then asking the mom, like, what size does your child wear? And then the mom having to turn to the nanny (laughs) to ask the nanny information about their own child. And that part, that just goes to show you what kind of like customers we were dealing with at the time.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised mom was even there, to be fair. Well, you can't give the nanny the credit card. I don't know. Make <laughs> yeah. her use her own credit card and then tell her you'll reimburse her with interest. That's the way to do it. Get her, her own. Thing. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this time, when well, you're working at the gap, you're taking class. Are you discovering that there are auditions in Chicago for things like TV commercials? Are you starting to find that uh, aside from theater that there is someplace else to go with this that that provides money that you can do full-time because you are a prolific tv actor commercial t i mean not tv but you know you're in films now and stuff so at what point are you like there's more to this than just this
2: the tv commercial yeah the on-screen stuff didn't on screen. Com- yeah, the, for. Uh, the on-screen stuff didn't come until way after I was already at Second City. So at this yeah, point, I'm too. not at Second City yet. So I didn't even get my agent in Chicago until I started touring, I think. Um, so yeah, so this is all still, I'm just auditioning for whatever theater stuff I can, yeah. not even knowing how to get an agent or that's not even really on my mind at that point. I'm just like, my mind is just set on, I want to, I want to perform at Second City. So I'm not even thinking about like, what that can lead to. My whole thing is I want to make it to that stage. I want to make it to that stage.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at at the time that I'm still working at the Gap.
0: And when you made it to, um, the second city stage, were you at the Gap or were you at Kaplan? Uh,
2: so when I got the call that I finally got the touring company, I was at Kaplan. Yes. Okay. And Kaplan. So Again, it's just a data entry job, but in our yeah. little our little section, it was all actors who knew each other. I so that. I mostly, my thing was all just trying to make that entire section laugh. And I did that by like making puppets out of office supplies, doing voices. I mean, to the point where the people behind us were so annoyed, they were so annoyed. <laughs> and the part that sucked for them is that we were also all just really good at our jobs. So the company was like, we have to keep them. They're obnoxious because all you do is laugh and say stupid shit, but also they're really, really good. Like they're good at like handling customers on the phone and whatever. So, um, but yeah, that job too, I just, I mean, it was all about what bits can I do with the props that are here in this office?
0: I can't find the word that defines it but I say it on every episode almost every episode that you will never find a better employee than an actor because they want something so much that they are willing to do this (laughs) job for you over time just to pay their rent to stay where they are so that they can go on auditions and do this other stuff half the time for free or Mm -hmm. pennies you know And like, there's just- Or pay to do it. Or pay to do it. There's just something about a performance artist that is like, you will not find a more committed person. And what, like, it? when I worked at um, Nestle, I was a temp. I was working with a temp agency and got that job. And then when I moved into full-time, it was because they were like, well, we'll let you take your auditions when you need to and you can have time off when you book. And it was like, are you kidding me? I'm never leaving. And I, again, would get the job done in two hours but I was scheduled 40 hours a week. Um, When they replaced me as a temp, I got to help pick the person that would replace me. So I got Mm. to help interview. And I was like, she's an actor, pick Mm. her. Like, don't pick these other people that just don't know what they want to do yet. Like pick the actor. She's never going to leave until she books something. Like you guys, it's it's just a pattern that I notice.
2: And I think it kind of, and I think this helped answer your question about all the people at the Beverly Center Gap that ended up being actors is I think, I think anytime that you deal with any sort of customer service, an actor is always going to be your best bet because yeah. even if we're faking it, we can still be really friendly
0: Yes, hundred percent.
2: faking it as much as we can.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, also very similar to what you said about um, earlier about the, um, finding someone that's going to work with your schedule. So after Kaplan, I get touring company only to find out that it's not full time. and. You're mm-hmm. only getting paid per show, right? And that means that some months you might have one show a week. Some months you might have two weeks full of shows. Some months you may have three shows for the whole month. So then, and
1: I have to then, come first. You can't like exactly, either.
2: exactly. So then I had to find a job that would a be okay with me skipping town randomly, while still maintaining that job. Right. So, I found out that one of the managers that hired me at the previous gap was now at a baby gap on the other side of town she was now managing there i was like well i'm just gonna go and tell her my situation and see what happens i didn't want to work there again i didn't like it but i was like i need to survive when
0: i'm not figure it out yeah
2: so thankfully she was so happy to see me and when i told her my situation she was like every month that you get your touring schedule give it to me and i will just put you on when you're wow. in town and i was like i i i it couldn't be better than that for me i was we, like that is such i hit a gold mine like i was like i can't i can't say no like who else is going to do this
0: that, that also, person
1: gets thanked in the oscar speech percent. Yes, but you
0: also proved yourself that's the thing like they would never have let me just be like oh yeah sure <laughs> you know take your lunches take an extra if you need and then just stay later if you hadn't have already proven yourself to be an exemplary right. employee right um so touring i didn't get to do a fun tour like a second city tour i did the auto shows the international auto <laughs> show tour mm-hmm. and it was great it paid really well but it was the same thing which is why i went into retail also and um I think the thing with retail is that they're always starving for people to like work and pick up shifts that they were, they were totally fine too. I'm like, I'll be gone two weeks this month, (laughs) one weekend that month, six days here. Um, and it was, it, it worked out, it worked out in the end because I think that, you know, as much as we all hate retail, it can be flexible because there is a need and demand for constant, um, it's a constant turnover of employees in retail. Yes. So <clears throat> Well,
1: much much like acting, it is an industry that just ha- like constantly needs to grind up, <laughs> grind up the people at the bottom and spit them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta gotta feed the beast.
0: But stop shopping online, yeah. people, because we need pe- like brick and mortar for our actors to have jobs. at yeah. Okay. Exactly. Not, we don't exactly. want
1: we don't want to deliver Amazon. It doesn't work with our schedule.
0: Doesn't. <laughs> right. It can hurt your right. back
1: yeah <laughs> um so okay so now you're at baby gap and you're mm-hmm. you're touring um and i've moved I, i've moved up to baby gap you moved up to baby gap
0: <laughs> has, your, has your rent maintained at 400 a month
2: no at this point i'm uh at another apartment with two is roommates
0: it, is it close and it's like 200 no a month this is okay. the
2: furthest this is like the furthest i actually i know it's crazy to think i actually have to go on a train uh, that was not a haunted train with singers in it uh, to get to <laughs> the new Baby Gap. So yeah, Baby Gap was a whole <laughs> other ball game as far as like, I didn't know a thing about sizes. I didn't know a thing about anything. And uh, But again, thankfully, uh, some of the people that were at the previous Gap had also moved up, moved with this manager. So it was a whole other set of people that were really cool to be with. Uh, but yeah, same thing. You got a lot of really... Really uh, annoying patrons there as well.
0: All retail is annoying. It's yeah. all annoying. It's people coming in, not casually shopping. It's people coming in because they desperately need something and they waited till the last minute. That yes. is who comes into a store. It's always urgent. And you're like, it's just cotton. What do yeah. you? What is so imperative that like, it's so urgent. It's so I will, urgent.
2: I will say that when I started there and it was like my first real job or real customer service job, I remember thinking like, everyone in the world at some point in their life needs to have a customer service job because it really makes you think about how to treat people. Um,
0: How to be empathetic.
2: Yeah. People go in just expecting you to be their like Butler or their maid. And it's just like, it's, I, I, I'm here to help you, but I'm not here to like, you know, you're not hiring me privately to follow you around the store and 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 then they'd get upset if you didn't have an item or whatever. And it's like I'm just, I'm just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. And I have to check myself too, because even like if I'm on the phone with someone and I'm being really impatient, I have to remember the person I'm speaking to is not the reason why, for the most part, is not the reason why this is happening. So I need to be patient and remember mm-hmm. when I was doing customer service, how people were talking to me. And, um, yeah, I think everyone just needs to do it. Everyone needs to experience that.
1: I always try when I, when I'm like, you know, making an angry customer service call, I'm like, all right, first off, I'm going to be pretty hot on this call. It's not you. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. I'm sure I've you appreciate that. Before, that. Too.
0: Like, I'm really upset. I have anxiety. I suffer from panic disorder. Um, I'm just prefacing this call. I do no longer take Lexapro. So let's get through this together. <laughs> so it's a good well, way to I- a call but I feel like they appreciate that.
2: Cause I've done that too. And they've been like, cause then also it calms you down. Cause then it yeah. reminds you that they're not the reason why they're doing their best to help you for the most right. part. Yeah. For
0: them, it's just an hourly job too. Or, you know, it's just their job too.
2: Yeah. You're the, you're the 12th person they've dealt with in the last hour who's mm-hmm. upset about something. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
0: you're at baby gap, you were touring. How long did you tour? How many years? How many, did you just do one? You one year. year. Okay. One year. And then what happened?
2: So after I toured, after about a year, um, they offered me a spot at the Second City, Las Vegas. They had uh, yep. a show in Las Vegas at that time. And um, that was about 2004. And were you there that with Katie was... and Steve? I was just going to ask that. <clears throat> no, they came after me. Okay. I was there with Brian Shortall, mm-hmm. um, uh, Lauren Dowden. Bridget Cloths, Seamus McCarthy. Uh, we had just kind of we we're the group that kind of uh, replaced like Jason Sudeikis and Kay Cannon mm-hmm. and Joe Kelly and those guys. But then Shortall had to Shortall went to do a movie for like a few weeks, and Sudeikis actually came back. He was on hiatus from SNL, and he was like, because Kay was doing the Las Vegas show, so he was like, I'll do this. this is when they were still together. Yeah, like I'll I'll do the show. So I got to work with the two of them during that, which is really fun. Um, so that was 2004. They offered me. The touring company. I'm sorry. The uh, the Las Vegas show, which was equity, so it was benefits. It was like a salary, and I am very lucky to say that that was my last part time job.
0: That's amazing. That's so I, did I they yeah. did they put up? Didn't they did they do housing or did you have?
2: No, they we had to pay our own rent, <clears throat> but they basically had like everyone stayed at the same apartment complex, which was like two blocks away from the Flamingo, which is where we did our show. So it it was just a rotating door of actors in that same apartment who was,
0: uh, I had a
2: room with Brian Shortall and Karen Gracchi. And then I think Martin Garcia uh, stayed in my room at some point. So yeah, it was just like, everyone was.
0: Did you, how long did you do your residence or your time in Vegas? So I was there for five months.
2: And then that's when Chicago called me and offered me ETC stage in Chicago.
0: Nice. Let's take a quick break. And now, back to the podcast. So, so back to Chicago. So back
2: to Chicago. Back to Chicago. Uh, did, wrote and perform two shows on the ETC. And then, while this was the, I'll never forget this day. I had just shot, at that point I already had an agent. had been doing a few commercials and stuff. I had done a commercial for Edge Shaving Cream. So it was always fun to like have a job. And I was leaving that day. I was leaving the set from the Edge commercial, feeling good that I just shot a commercial, and they called me and said, "Hey, we want to offer you main stage." And I was like, "This is the best, the best day." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it." So then, wrote and performed three shows there, met the Obamas through that, which was yes. really exciting, and then moved to LA in 2008.
1: The three shows is about that's that's like a term. That's you know.
2: Yeah, apparently now people just do like one show and they're out. But like back when I was still there, uh, my run was a pretty uh, normal run of like a couple shows, ETC, a couple shows, main stage. Mm -hmm. Some people even stayed longer, almost like overstayed their welcome.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you have your agent. You did three shows. You're like, I'm out. Going to LA. Is that Mm -hmm. is that basically how it happened?
2: Yeah. And I my decision to leave Chicago was I wanted to leave when I was still enjoying it. Mm Because I had seen a lot of people not do that (laughs) and overstay their welcome. So it was, it was tough, but I was like, I want to leave with good memories. I had already been doing a few, I my I dipped my toes into commercials and stuff. So uh at that point, a lot of my friends from Chicago had just moved to LA and I was like, I think it's a good fit. And then Another like wonderful blessing was friends of mine who were uh, with my uh, were with my manager who's still my manager today. Were um, my manager would come to Chicago and see a lot of shows, and um, they're like, "Hey, you know Ithamar?" He's like, "Yeah, I've seen him in Chicago when I visit." Well, he's planning to move to LA, so that manager called me while I was in Chicago and was like, "Heard you moving to LA. Just let you know that when you move." You have representation. <gasps> so that was like I was again, wow. I was like, the choice has been made
1: for the road Goosebumps. is paved in golden pillows. No. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I,
2: or at least in manager, because then I came yeah. out to LA and still struggled for a year or two. But it was it was, it definitely made it easier to make that move, knowing that I came out here with someone already. Ripping. So You you yeah, said
1: when 100%. you, when you did Vegas, that was the end of your part-time work. So when you came to LA, you didn't, you weren't, I mean, I know you were teaching. Um,
2: I didn't teach until L, until I got to LA. Right. I'm sorry. Did that, was that what you're That's what was, Yeah, I'm sorry. 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 So you i uh, teaching so improv, I'm teaching improv in LA. I guess I yeah. don't really count that as a part-time job. because It's still like, it's still in the world of.
0: I agree. We've doing. had this conversation a lot. We had this conversation with yesterday's Yesterday. guests too. And, um, yeah, I don't count teaching writing as the hustle. We had it with it's Stephen Graham Jones, hustle. too. It's, it's, it, it fuels the art. It's part of the, you know, yeah. not everybody chooses to teach, but if you have, like, a desire, there's something, I don't know, you just get a bug, and you're just like, I really love what I do, so let's, like, mm-hmm. let's share. Let's all, and it fuels the energy, right?
2: Well, know. and, and it, 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 it it trained me to know what a lesson plan for improv looks like, what a class looks like. So that then years later, I was able to offer my own workshops that I designed myself. Mm -hmm. And then that it's almost like as freeing as performing because you're like, I'm calling the shots. I'm working off of my own ideas and and exercises and lesson plan.
1: This is now at the sketch school, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, I've done one thing at the sketch school Um, I would say that um, my last sort of like regular teaching job was also like maybe four or five years ago, as far as like teaching weekly. Now, if I teach, it'll just be like a six week chunk of my own personal workshop.
0: I love that because you're bringing to it what works, what you've seen has worked time and time again for you and for others. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, you hold the key. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: also i think the key, it came Ithamar. that workshop that workshop came from i even you know i that's uh about six years ago i wrote and performed a solo show called ithamar's Ithamar, nothing to say which was a physical show where i didn't speak so then that drummed up a lot of interest of people being like how do you do that mm-hmm. What's so then that's where i was like okay i'm gonna design a physical comedy workshop um and that was thrilling for me because it was basically like this is this is my approach to writing my show here are the tools, you guys do what you want with them. But, um, so that's been fun when I've had a chance to do that.
1: And that really led to uh, a series of unfortunate events, right? I mean... The show didn't lead
2: directly (laughs) to it. Um, That was just, series of unfortunate events was just audition. uh, Audition. audition. It just felt like, like
1: because the work you were doing on that show was very much in line with, although you had lines. Um, Yeah. The physical work you were doing was, was...
2: yeah i really lucked out on that you know it's it's i'm very grateful of the on-screen work that i've been able to do but i would say that only like 50 to 60 percent of it has been have been characters that are like my sweet spot like that i'm like Mm -hmm. this is this is what i do very well and it's a lot of fun a lot of times and again i'm happy to take it but a lot of times it's more supportive and you are just kind of like the person who's Helping the story along, (laughs) sure. And that's fine. I'm very grateful, and I've gotten to work with a lot of really wonderful people. But that show in particular, series of unfortunate events, that character was like, "This is just me," which is very. It's not. It's not very often to to feel that. So it was. It was. That was a really fun one. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was. It was great. It was a. It was a very cool episode of the show. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. We've kind of skipped over some jobs and, and that that we should circle back to. Um, one of which was you were a host at Dick's Last Resort.
2: Yeah. Oh boy. Yes, I was.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's in familiar? Chicago too. Dick's,
2: are you familiar with the Dick's Last Resort?
0: I wasn't. Jason explained it to me. Yes, the premise
2: of the restaurant. It's a restaurant mm-hmm. with a premise. Yes so the whole thing is like the servers are rude and for some reason people really love that like there's just something that's fun about the servers yelling at you and whatever so when i applied i thought oh that'll be fun but i was a host as a host you're not allowed to be fun as a host you have to be the cop you have to be the bad cop you have to be the person being like hey don't stop throwing food but the waiter threw napkins at me but that's you can't throw Throw back oh yeah so then all of a sudden it's like oh here comes uncle grumpy like you know so that was tough because and it was a lot of drunk people a lot of bachelorette parties and frat bros and uh that one was tough that one was tough i did not enjoy that one either but i thought i I thought i was going in being like oh cool you can have an attitude and it's fun and, and performing not as a host, no. and
0: they never let you move into a server position. So you were a host. No,
2: then, I was a host. Yeah, yeah. that was anyway, during was that it... summer that I was doing the internship at Six City.
0: Oh, is that wasn't there a place here called Ed Debevick? was DeBevick's. the same. Yeah, Ed yes. Debevick
1: was a '50s diner, but with the same thing of them being rude.
0: It's funny oh, okay. because I was rude as a host, and nobody appreciated it. <laughs> it did not work at any in the restaurants. You were working where I was at Denny's, game, and It just didn't fit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you gotta find a Dick's Resort if they're still around.
1: Was there any theme beyond rudeness?
2: Not really. Um, no, it was it was just like rude, drunk. Well, that's the thing that was hard. Is like They let you throw napkins at each other. But uh-huh. then it's like, you're gonna get a, a restaurant full of drunk people to just throw napkins when there's food on their plates and there's like bones and shit. Like, you're just gonna it do that? Stupid. Like, I it know. sounds stupid. It was real. That was a real tough one. That one they shut tough. it down. Yeah. I think that one. I think that one is gone. But I, I feel like there might still be dicks. They're somewhere. around.
1: They're around. I, I went online and I, there's like there's two in Vegas and oh of, course, you know, <laughs> of course, of
2: course, of yeah. course, Vegas. Yeah. That and then sense. like
1: you know a smattering of them around the country still still in operation. Yeah. Um, pretty nifty bio on on Dick himself. I'm sure. I'm sure.
0: And you never had to do a second city boat tour. You just did regular tour. I had to. Uh I I didn't mean to. I didn't (laughs) didn't mean it that way. I mean, you did. um, I didn't mean it that way. I misspoke. I got Um,
1: to. (laughs) I know.
0: I guess my had to is because I came to visit Jason. I went and visited him on the boat while he was doing it. And I was like, this is the worst. I think your
1: five month (laughs) Vegas residency is very much very similar Probably. to yeah yeah
2: yeah from what I've heard from the from the from the ship tours yeah it's very you're hanging out with other performers like all of mm-hmm. our friends were other performers on the strip so it was a lot of a lot of Cirque du Soleil yeah. people a lot of um showgirls yeah. magician I mean it was just it was crazy Tarotop. uh yeah no not, not those guys those oh. were, were they're were, they were way too big for but through that I will say being a performer on the strip we got free tickets to almost any show we wanted That's and we great. saw some amazing not on purpose shows like <laughs> just some vegas shows that are just when you say insane. not on purpose meaning
1: you didn't go and see them on purpose or the show didn't happen on purpose the show my definition of
2: what made them amazing was not on purpose meaning the shows were so bad they were amazing wow I guess I should have just said I could have just said that. No,
0: <laughs> could have just
2: said that. I could have just said they were so bad they were amazing.
0: I find that um so I um it's just strange to me. I was in a sketch group um and they right before I joined, they had just done they had a residency at Vegas show. And I um was sort of sad that, that, you know, I was replacing members after that show. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to go to Vegas with you guys and do a show. And they're like, no, that's done, Jamie, it's done. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of like grizzled attitudes towards being oh, yeah. a Vegas show. <laughs> and after. believe me, it's,
2: it's, I don't know if you had this experience on the ship Jason, but there's definitely like a, a there's definitely a period where it, the, the vacation part of it wears off.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Cause
2: you're like, I'm going to live near the strip. I'm going to be making really good money. I'm going to meet all these performers. That lasts about two weeks. Yep. I mean, any trip to Vegas should only be like two nights, three, four days. Two nights max. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, I always think touring is like carny work. You know, I did the auto show tour for two years and I was just like, this sucks like you mm-hmm. you you know you just you pick up your life you get on a plane you put on the costume you you know do your lines and then sure you explore the city and the time you have off but it sucks to travel that much yeah for for work you don't get days off on the front end or the back end usually and right. the, the tours i was on unless you paid for it yourself you know like if you want to yeah turco your-
2: was turco was tough i i, I love the group i toured with and I learned a ton uh, doing shows all over the country, but it's a grind. It's, it's a, a grind. grind. And there's some cities you go to that don't have a lot to do, like on your time off. And there's some cities you don't even get to see because you literally fly in, you do the show yeah. and you fly out first thing in the following morning. So a part of it was really tough. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. And I, I'm really good. I'm still yeah. really good friends with a lot of the people that I toured with. Even today. But uh yeah, it was
1: tough. It was
0: tough. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I I started my tour right nine eleven happened. Mm. And um they shut us down and then they were like, We're gonna bus you to Texas from Michigan. Instead, they figured it all out, you know, airlines went back up, new measures are in place, whatever, whatever. But it was good money. And I would get fifty dollars per diem every day. Mm -hmm. And I only it only cost me ten dollars to eat. So like that was 40 bucks I pocketed on top of my you know, um, uh, pay, take home, pay yeah. take home. Oh yeah.
2: That, uh, that, was great. that, that, uh, those per diem Jedi tricks are very fun and come <laughs> yeah. in very handy. Like I was the same way when we we're on tour. It's like, how can I make this per diem last me until I get home? Like, like I want this cash when I get back to Chicago. So how can I yes. be efficient? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it got me to, it got me to Los Angeles. Like I drove my car to Los Angeles after three, I think I've been saved, saved, saved. And then I, you know, yeah. I mean that per diem money was like, I did it just for that.
2: I mean, one of the best perks about performing in Vegas at the Flamingo is that we had access to their 24 hour cafeteria.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: That was, I mean, for me, I was like that, that's the gig. That's the gig itself. Like that's why I'm doing it. Like, you know. So
1: we've got one other job that you mentioned and, I don't know when this took place in, you know, in relation to your performing career at Second City, but you were also a host and usher and a runner at the Second City, which for anyone who hasn't had the privilege of going to a show at Second City, they got drinks and food service too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so where were you in, in your, in your, uh, in your career there? So that
2: was the same summer I was doing my internship. Oh, okay. So uh, it was perfect because I got to see, shows every single night and yeah. it was such a huge teacher for me and the people i was seeing i mean on main stage we had um kevin dorf tj Degadowski, rich talarico susan mm-hmm. messing stephanie weir and tammy sager and they were it was a show called um paradigm lost i believe mm-hmm. and i can still tell you most of the sketches i mean it was just Amazing, ETC had a great show too with Martin Garcia and Sue Gillen, Um, later like Jack McBrayer and those guys. So I was, yeah, I was, it was a thrill to watch and to learn the sketches, learn the rhythm of the sketches, seeing understudies come in and put their spin on it. That part was great. The working part, uh, again, was, was not very fun, but being able to just like watch the shows over and over. But again, as Yesher, we were the cops who had to tell audience members to be quiet, which then I, when I became a performer, I appreciated so much.
1: Yeah, man. Because
2: people who don't – it's its tough because at Second City, it's a mixture of sketch and improv. Mm-hmm. So once you open that improv Pandora's box, yeah, then people think they can yell out whenever they want. So it's hard <laughs> to like – As the the usher, it was really tough. to like, oh, I have to go tell these drunk people to be quiet. As a performer, you're like, you're messing up my rhythm, man. Like, this is not... But I also understand why people who aren't familiar with that type of show wouldn't know when to yell back and when to be quiet, basically.
1: Sure, sure. And in Chicago, you've got a pretty well-educated audience in terms of what (laughs) improv (laughs) is now. I mean...
2: (laughs) You still get a lot of uh, just drunk parties again uh uh bachelor parties bachelor parties frat um a lot of corporate 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 like corporate outings yeah so then it was like if half the house was from one company then it's like every suggestion was you know rick's pants or whatever yeah. and it's like we don't know who rick is or what his pants, what have is anything pants to do. Dead. but yeah. you, as
1: a gap employee were familiar with pants <laughs> I like, yeah what kind of pants are got it, got it thank you CNC? <laughs> okay <laughs> when you when you finished your third run for third show at second city and you were making that decision of what's next and i remember you said back when you were at asu and second city you were looking at like, that was the goal. And it was that was it there was you weren't looking beyond it. You know, when did the sky move higher for you? Yeah, or, or change? You know, it
2: was I I don't know if I could pinpoint exactly what happened. But there was just some time during that I had done my third show on the main stage, I was definitely mm-hmm. like one of the veterans. And I think part of me was like, I think I'm done I think I think I've 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 done what I wanted to do here. Like I've I've I did second city. Like I was like, I've done, it's been an amazing experience and it was just kind of a, what's next.
0: Mm -hmm. And how how long were you in Chicago?
2: Uh, overall eight years. Great. And perfect. Yeah. I, I was performed at second city, uh, probably six of those years. Yeah. Give or take. Um, so yeah, I feel like I was like, and I think I'd start dipping my toe in commercials and I was like, Oh, this is new. This is exciting. Um, I felt nice and comfortable at second city, which is always a clue to do something Mm -hmm. else. That's scary and challenging. So also I think part of me was like, I miss my, I miss my weather, my sunny days. Yeah, That part was really tough. I love Chicago. Chicago is probably my favorite city in the world. Minus the fact that like some days the sun wouldn't even come out. And I was just so depressed. So part of it was like, Dipping my toe into the on-screen stuff, which is a challenge and new for me, and going to a climate that I just works way better for me and my soul. So that was basically, I was just like, okay, I think I'm done. I think my, my um, it kind of felt like a grad school almost. Like, okay, I've done Chicago. I've done Second City, then Chicago. What's next?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you put in the work, and when you got here, all that work paid off. Like, it's nice that you haven't had to side hustle in Tinseltown.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I'm not coasting for sure. I'm not coasting. No, it's you're still, working. It's, it's yeah. still a hustle,
0: but absolutely.
2: And it took a while, like it took two years to really get that going from, cause you know, I moved to LA thinking Chicago second city alum, let the doors
1: fly <laughs> wide
2: open. And that did not happen at all. So, which was good in retrospect, I'm glad that I had to like work hard again and um
1: Well, you said it was time for something challenging. And yeah, Yeah. Yeah. LA has has a way of humbling.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And confusing.
1: Can I ask you a question? And I'm very glad to know that you haven't had to side hustle. and And I hope you don't. But if you were, if like, you know, whatever, a lean year happens, and you've said, oh, shoot, this year, I've got to do something that's not acting just to, you know, close the gap would you go back to any of the things you've done before or what would be your like dream other job to do?
2: I wouldn't go back to anything I've done before, but honestly, if I were to pick, if I had to pick like a job that would be somewhat flexible and something that I would probably enjoy doing, I'd probably, it would probably still be customer service, but it would be like in a bookstore.
0: Yeah. See, I say this every freaking episode too and y'all yell at me and you're like, ugh way to not make any money. You just want to starve to death, Jamie. (laughs) And I'm like, maybe I do. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, but
2: but what part-time job is not going to do? I mean, what part-time job do you just land and you're like, I'm making six figures a year. <laughs> like, that's, not, like that's right. not a thing, right? Listen, like, you're
0: a very good actor. I think that you could
1: <laughs> <yeah.
0: laughs> nagle your way mm-hmm. into getting a very comfortable yeah. part-time job, I'm yeah. just saying. Um, you but
1: may no, remember me you. from a corporate show you saw at Second City, Chicago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Can I now be your director of operations? Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll be taking early lunches and late lunches. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about Jeff's pants. <laughs> Rick.
0: <laughs>
2: See, um, see, you lost uh, the job, Jason. You lost the job average. already,
0: already. Um, no, this is. I think it's awesome. And the, can I ask you this question? And you don't have to answer it. I can edit it out. But y- you're married.
1: Mm-hmm. Is your congratulations? Th- congratulations. You. Is, to you okay.
0: is your wife um in the business as well, or does she have a mainstream job?
2: Uh, both. She's also in the business. She she writes uh, a lot. She has a very successful one woman show, which we just found out it's going to be in Edinburgh this summer Yay. so um which was one of her goals so we're really excited about that um uh but yes yeah, she has she has some some part-time work but again she's gotten to a point where she's like i'm only going to do the part-time work that i really enjoy for p- yeah. and and work okay. with people that i really enjoy so she's working with people that she's known for a very long time and um you know it just makes it kind of like more fun for her to do that um while still working on this show and being able to take the time to tour the show and perform at festivals and go to freaking Scotland for a month. Right. So, so you're uh, not really
0: a sugar baby. I was like, no, Oh, this going no. to be some life. Should I no. have some? Are you going to go to Scotland too? I'll probably
2: be out there for like a week and yes. then um, probably come back. I, I, I probably can't and shouldn't be out of LA for too long, just to open myself up for, but also Nowadays, who knows what's going to be happening? Then, like, who sure.
1: knows? Listen, That's you book now, yourself this, out for a this month, world... I guarantee you they'll shoot one division too. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> you book yourself exactly. out, and you're going to have six bookings. I mean, every time exactly. we book ourselves out, they're like, "Hey, you have an audition though now." And you're yep. like, "Yeah." I literally not for a year, and I book myself out, and now you're giving me one. I don't understand yep. the process. What's this process? Yeah. yeah. I'm yep. I'm going to book myself out all
2: the time. I know. I would just keep. Mm-hmm planning
1: vacations i'm moving to france <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like cool rest of luck oh <laughs> shit that, that didn't work, that didn't work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we actually had friends who are actors that did that
1: <laughs> yeah. oh nice that's
0: nice are they yeah. working i don't know
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah that amazon show that didn't go and then that's the last thing i know it did
0: yeah <laughs> yeah cool anyways
1: well you know what this has been amazing. This has
0: been amazing. Thank you so <laughs> oh, much. We super appreciate you. And but before we before we say goodbye, I just want to know what's what's upcoming. Yeah,
1: what's going on with Ithimar?
2: Um, so I'm actually next week um, going to Syracuse, New York for a few weeks to shoot a movie. I don't know, I haven't signed an NDA, but just to be safe,
0: yeah. Don't shoot. yeah,
2: I won't say, I'll just say that it is a holiday movie for a streaming service. Mm. And I'm sure if you Google all the things I've just said, you could probably figure out what it is. But anyway, uh, so that's what I'm doing um, in a week. Speaking of not wanting to be in the cold, they're throwing me- Right in the middle of it. What uh, happened for to sound a,
1: stages and fake a snow? Time. <laughs> not,
2: not this production. Damn, <laughs> no, but it's a, really, it's, it's a really fun role. And again, it's, it's the type of role I it's, it's, uh, described before, which is like right in my sweet spot.
1: Oh, that's great. Congratulations. And thank you so much. It has been thank you. awesome talking to you. Yes. It's just so good to see you guys. He, he is just the best, isn't he? The best. And next week's guest is also the best. Oh
0: my God, I am so excited i to have her on the show. It's the incredible writer and artist, Gloria Harrison. You call me lazy, you think I'm crazy, so why'd you come around? She want my money,
1: but I got nothing, honey. This ain't no safe as in line.